0: Jesus. Jesus, we Jesus. you. my God, we were You're the mighty man, Mambo Barrosonta la Mambo 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 rotto coscella da badadosa te dia. Mambo rotto coscella da badadosa te dia. Mambo rotto cotosu da Mambo rotto coscella da badaba. Mambo rotto coscella da badadida. Mambo cotosu te la da badadada badadada badadida. Ratta coscella da badadada 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 badadada. I Mimbo rotto sotella da dadia, mambo roto coscia mambo roto coscia da dadia, mambo cotto sotella da risca, mamba rata della rosa, e che bacio solennando da mambo roto sotella. Father,
1: we give you praise. Father, we worship you because you are the Lord. We exalt you and bless your name for this very morning. We thank you for the privilege that you have given to us to be here this morning. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for being there for us from time to time. Be thou exalted in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the lead class. We thank you for all that you have been doing right from the beginning. We return our glory back to you. Father, we yield ourselves to you in this lead class today. We ask as we begin this marriage series you are the creator of this marriage institution we ask that you will teach us things that you want us to know mm-hmm. we pray that in this very season as you are dealing with the issues of marriage you'll be healing homes mm-hmm. in the name of jesus lives that are prepared father to enter into their marital destiny you will help them mm-hmm. And those of us who are already there, you will equip us them all. And your name alone will be glorified. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Glory be to
0: Jesus in the highest. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Um, I'd like to welcome
1: everyone to this lead class this morning. I want to appreciate God for our lives. I want to thank God because God has ever been faithful to us in diverse ways. Uh, Today, we are going to be starting a class uh, on the ministry of marriage. The ministry of marriage. That's what we are beginning today. The ministry of marriage. Uh, and I strongly believe that God is going to be using this, um, teaching to bless our lives in diverse ways in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, the ministry of marriage, this is very important. Now, when you are looking at what is happening in marriage today, something is very key, uh, what is going on in most families most homes today they are not the things that god desires they are not the things that god desires if there is an institution where people are struggling to get it right where they cannot get it right is in the area of marriage marriage has actually become something that from day to day from time to time people are living and they are packing up so we need to realize why this is so why is it that uh, some people why is it that they are not getting it right why is it that people are living marriages why is it that some people are there and they are struggling from day to day from time to time without understanding the purpose and the plan of God for them uh, this is what the Lord wants us to begin to look at in a time as this how can we begin to get it right in marriage what is the plan? What is the purpose of God for marriage? And something is very important. We must recognize weaknesses before we can initiate improvement. We must recognize weaknesses before we can initiate improvement. Now, marriage is very spiritual. I usually say that from time to time. Marriage is not something that we take for granted. Marriage is so spiritual. It's so spiritual that a natural person cannot understand what God is doing about marriage. A natural person cannot understand the purpose and the plan of God for marriage. So marriage requires... Being in alignment with God. It requires having an understanding of who God is. Having an understanding of his plan and his purpose for mankind. And that's why we are going to be looking at the ministry of marriage this morning. We are going to be looking at the ministry of marriage this morning. This is what we are going to be looking at, the ministry of marriage. We are going to be trusting God uh, for how the Lord wants marriage to function. How does he want marriage to function? What is the plan and the purpose of God for marriage? And how the Lord wants marriage to function? Glory be to Jesus in the highest. Uh, so, we are going to be considering this this morning. Amen. Amen. And I'd like us to start from this very aspect of why marriage itself? Why marriage itself? You know, when you ask people about the reason and the purpose for marriage, you have different answers that people give to you. Some may have to say marriage is meant for sex. Some may have to talk to you and let you know that it is meant for companionship. Some may have to make us to understand that marriage is actually meant for economic purposes and reasons. So you realize that uh, there are different reasons why people think that marriage should be. Now, if we don't understand the foundation correctly, whether we are planning, trusting God to enter into it, or we are already in it, uh, the more we discover, we understand the purpose and the plan of God for something, the more the benefit we work for our good the more we understand the purpose and the plan of God for a thing, especially for our lives, the more the benefit we work for our good. So we're going to be looking at something very vital this morning about the ministry of marriage. The ministry of marriage. And I'd like us to go back to the book of Genesis, which is still where... We can always start the matter of marriage from Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Genesis chapter 2. And I'd like us to realize that at this very time in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it is not, it wasn't a moment when man had fallen, it was a moment when he was still very intact with God. When his relationship, his alignment with God was still very intact. So, and the Lord God said, the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. It is not good that man should be alone. That's what God said. He said, I will make him a helper comparable to him. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So, God said, it is not good. It is not good that man should be alone. Now, the word, it is not good that a man should be alone here. You realize, like I said, it's not that man does not have a relationship with God. It is not that God was not coming to fellowship With him now, but God said it is not still good for man to be alone, it's not good. So, God was talking about something very, very vital about the connection of man, very vital about the connection of man uh, in getting his need met. Amen. In getting his need met. Glory be to Jesus. And God said the only way uh, that man must be able to accomplish this. Is man must have a helper. Man must have a helper comparable to him. Man must have a helper comparable to him. So when you look at the word. There are two major words that i like us to look at here very quickly. A helper comparable. A helper comparable. And that's why we are focusing on the word ministry. You know, many people, there is a saying uh, that your first ministry is your marriage. Your first ministry is your marriage. We say this, but we don't understand uh, what we actually talk about. The first ministry is not just marriage. Marriage is a ministry. Marriage is a ministry itself. So when you realize what God, how God started marriage, then you will be able to understand the mind of God concerning what marriage should look like. So the Lord said it is not good that man should be alone alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So, the purpose of God for our marriage is the word there, helper comparable to him. Helper comparable to him. As a matter of fact, the word rendered woman in the scripture, when the Bible says then God brought a woman to the man. The word woman there has to do with face-to-face. Has to do with face-to-face. The kind of a person that Adam could connect with. It has to do with face-to-face. So God was doing something, which is very key, that we are looking at this morning. God was looking at a moment where man would be able to connect at a very deeper level in his relationship. That's exactly what God is looking for. So God's idea of marriage is the blending of two lives. The blending of two lives in the possible way. And that's why some of the reasons why people said that uh, they want to marry, for instance, you talk about sex, you can have sex out of marriage. You can have sex without marriage. Some people talk about love. Of course, to an extent, marriage does that. But you may not need marriage to be loved. Or oh, you need companionship. Of course, marriage to a very large degree brings companionship. But of course, you may still have companionship out of marriage. Economic satisfaction it's very important in talking about how marriage uh, should come. But I'd like you to understand that you may have economic stability even without marriage. Then some other people talk about children, the development, the rearing of children. It's also very important for us to understand that you can have children out of marriage. You may not need marriage to be able to have children. Then, if these things are possible without marriage, then what is marriage? Why marriage? And that's why you realize one of the reasons why people are actually missing it in our generation is because some of those things that I've mentioned earlier are the things that they consider to be reasons why they are in marriage. They consider to be reasons why they are in marriage. You hear somebody telling you that if not because of my children, if not because of my children, if it is because of your children that you are in a marriage, the purpose of you being in marriage has been defeated. Then, some people may be talking about, if not because they know they will not be able to survive alone. They know they are going to struggle. If that is the reason why you are in marriage, then marriage is defeated. So the question then now is that why is marriage? Marriage has to do with God bringing two people together to come to the deepest level of unity in order to be able to fulfill his assignment. So the idea of God for marriage is simply God looking at a man and saying that even though you have me, you are satisfied with my relationship with you, I am satisfied with my relationship with you as well, but the assignment I have given to you on the earth, you need a companion You need a helper that is comparable to you. The helper that you can be united, that you can be in unity. Please take note of that. I don't want to use the word united. That you can be in unity together. Unity at the physical level. Unity at the intellectual level. Please take note of that because we are coming back to it. Unity at the spiritual level. So you realize that God is saying that you must have unity at the social level. So the idea of God for marriage is simply oneness. Oneness that is going to be able to enable one another to fulfill the purpose of God for their lives. So when you take... The understanding of the purpose of God for your life out of marriage, everything about marriage is useless. So what God is calling us back to in our generation at this very time is that we must come back to the realization of the purpose of God for our lives. The purpose of God for marriage. We have to come back to this very level. Glory be to Jesus in the eyes. So God is dealing with the matter of oneness. That is what God is dealing with. And that is the foundation that the Lord is laying today. The matter of oneness. God wants unity. So marriage was actually God's answer for humankind's deepest human need and what is your need i usually say to men that as a man if you are going to fulfill the purpose of god for your life then definitely as you have entered into marriage except you have a gift of celibacy If you don't have a gift of celibacy and you are married, then you must understand that the need, the first need of your life for you to be able to carry out the purpose of God for your life is the woman that the Lord has given to you. So when I see men who don't understand the role of, of the the wife that god has given to them then you see a man who does not understand anything about the purpose of god so when we don't understand the purpose of god we will abuse everything that god gives to us this is important so you realize that marriage was god's answer for humankind's deepest need. That's why in heaven there is no marriage. And I'd like you to take note of that. Why is it that there is no marriage in heaven? You don't have an assignment that you have on the earth to fulfill in heaven. This is important. You don't have such an assignment to fulfill in heaven. So your assignment that you have on the earth to fulfill, God says it requires that you have a helper comparable to yourselves. And that is where we get the word ministry. Ministry has to do with service. That's the, the, the New Testament word and even in the Hebrew at the beginning. It has to do with service. So I come to marriage to service the needs of God in the life of my spouse. I come to marriage to service, to meet the needs of God, to satisfy the needs of God. And I'd like you to take note of that. There is a need of God in the life of your spouse that God has ordained you, God has created you to satisfy. So without you understanding that role that God has given to you to meet, you will be misplacing your role in marriage. This is Very important you'll be misplacing your role in marriage you'll be misplacing your role in marriage and that's why in marriage today in some homes today there are people there are couples there are married people that come together yet one is not satisfied and the other is not satisfied you know why satisfaction is at the root of marriage The major and the primary purpose of God for marriage lies in satisfaction. And I'd like you to please take note of that. It lies in satisfaction. So, but satisfaction can only come through oneness. Can only come through oneness. You cannot decide to satisfy yourself. And then enjoy and experience the satisfaction that the Lord wants your marriage to bring to you. So you are not in marriage to satisfy self. You are first of all in marriage or if you are a single person and you are listening to me. If the reason you want to enter into marriage is for personal satisfaction, then you have missed it. This is important. This is the reason we have a problem in our generation. Last night, I, I, was, I just stumbled on a particular news of you know, some celebrities um, in, in, in some places in this nation that a lady just said, I am out of this marriage. I am, I am out of this marriage completely. And then she began to talk about how very soon she's going to open up The things that she had been through in that marriage. But the question I began to ask myself, and I began to now ask the Holy Spirit, is that what is actually at the root, what is the root of the problem of marriage in our generation? Some people are simply coping. They are simply there managing the situation. Some people can no longer cope. Some people are there and they are in that marriage and they are not becoming what the Lord wants them to be. Let me say this. The reason is this. You have entered into marriage or you are going to enter into marriage not to satisfy yourself. So the first thing, We need to understand about ministry. Ministry is an assignment to satisfy another. That's why marriage carries a dual ministry. You have a first ministry to satisfy God. Your life is to satisfy the needs of God. We are actually living, we are existing for God's pleasure. So you realize that the purpose of your living is to minister to God. The purpose of your living is to meet the needs of God. We are living for the pleasure of God. That is our purpose for living. Now, if that is our purpose for living, your number one ministry on the earth is not to satisfy yourself. That's why you cannot get your life right when you focus on how to satisfy yourself. Do you know why some people don't get their destinies right? Do you know why many people are not fulfilled today? They focus on satisfying themselves. A moment we realize that our lives are not meant to satisfy ourselves, our lives are first of all meant to satisfy our creator, the maker of our lives. And we begin to pursue that goal. You realize that the satisfaction you are looking for begin to pursue you. May I say that again? The only key to fulfillment, the only key to destiny fulfillment, personal fulfillment, is that you pursue a goal to satisfy the creator of your life. To satisfy God. So your longing from time to time is that I want my life to satisfy him. I want my life to satisfy him. And that is what is going to lead us to some few things I'm going to share with you before we round off today. You cannot get a meaning out of your life until you come to a point of resolution until you resolve that your life is simply meant to satisfy the Lord. You are meant to meet his needs. You are meant to satisfy him. What actually took Vashti out of the way. It was a revelation of the need of a man. A man was actually in the need. Assyros was in a need and said, okay, at this very point in time, call Vashti to come and demonstrate my glory. So you realize that the calling of Vashti To come and demonstrate the glory of the king that she refused made her to lose her place, her throne. So why should Vashti remain a queen when Vashti could no longer satisfy the needs of the king? So why should a man exist when a man can no longer satisfy the needs of his creator? Why should a man continue to live when a man can no longer satisfy the needs of the one who made him? That's why David needed to say, it is written of me in the volume of books that your will I have come to do, oh God. I don't know if you are getting that this morning. So that's the foundation where marriage is wrong. We don't understand our first ministry. So, as a single person, never marry a man or never marry a woman who does not understand his or her first ministry. When you marry a person who has not come to a point to understand that his or her first ministry is to serve the Lord with his life or with her life when you marry such a person. Such a person will not also understand marriage. Such a person will think marriage is also to satisfy himself or herself. So understanding marriage is understanding the power of ministry. We exist for ministry. Ministry is not just when you talk about the church. You talk about everybody that God has put on this earth. Has a ministry. And our primary. Our number one ministry. Is to satisfy the art of the Lord. With our lives. That was the reason. In the garden of Eden. That man was thrown out. In Genesis chapter 3. When man could no longer satisfy. The needs of the one who put him there. Don't forget he will come in the cool of the day. To fellowship with them. And as he comes there, they satisfy his needs. So, your purpose of living, your reason for living, the only reason why you are alive, the only reason why your life can take shape, the only reason why you can, you yourself, myself, can be satisfied with our lives, is when our lives begin to satisfy the Creator. The one who gave us the life in the first place. Now, let me now begin to run up When you now understand that, you have to bring that to marriage. So, number two ministry of every person is a ministry towards his or her spouse. Are you understanding me? It's a ministry towards his spouse. All as spouse, so your number one ministry is to meet the needs of the Lord who made you, who created you, and now your number two ministry is that God now said, At that level, you are connecting with me, you are connecting with me, I have a fellowship with you, you are in alignment with me, you are satisfying my needs, then you ought not to be alone because there is an assignment. For you on the earth, number one, also on this earth, you should not be alone because you cannot carry out the kind of the life that I have for you here, except you have a help comparable to you. Glory be to Jesus. So that's marriage. That's marriage. So every time you see marriage not working that ministry is not understood anywhere you see marriage not working number one one or both don't understand their first ministry number two they don't understand their secondary ministry now let me say this both ministries are important you cannot be in marriage And not continue. That's why in the pyramid, in the triangle of marriage, God is at the apex. It's at the apex. It's at the top. So when God is at the apex, then you see the husband, the wife. You can't put God out of that place. Because your first ministry is up. Your first ministry is up. Whether you are single, your first ministry is up. So as a single person, you bring that ministry into your marriage. Somebody you are going to marry knows that your life is sold out as a ministry to the Lord. Somebody who is going to be your husband and somebody you want to call your wife or your husband as well knows that you have what is called apex ministry. Glory be to Jesus. Apex ministry, which is a ministry towards hope. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. It's my desire that these just few things I have shared with you this morning will really become a revelation in your heart. And what is that that the Lord has shared with us this morning? Your first ministry is towards the Lord. Your first ministry is towards the Lord. You have a ministry towards him. You can't get marriage right until that ministry is carried out. And two, you have to understand that God said in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, I will make a helper. So the word helper is ministry. I will make a helper comparable to him. Animals cannot do that. Angels cannot do that. So God is saying, I will make a helper comparable to him. So as we round off for today, looking at the foundation of ministry of marriage, what are the instruments of marriage ministry? What are the instruments of marriage ministry? Number one instrument of marriage ministry is love. Very important. Is love. It has to do with connection. It has to do with connection. Now, when you talk about ministry, I saw something in the life of Jacob. I realized that the Bible says Jacob served. You know, he served for 14 years. The first seven years he served for love because of Rachel. There was a love in his heart. So Jacob understood that you enter into marriage through ministry. That's what Laban said to him. Now, so Jacob served. The Bible says when he served, it was like 24 hours. <laughs> For seven years. Now I saw a man. When Laban began to say to him. After they have denied him. Of the right person he served for. They gave him Leah. And then when they did that. They now said to him again. You are going to serve for another seven years. If you want this Rachel. That you are looking for. Jacob did not hold back because marriage is a ministry. It's a ministry because whatever you love, you serve. That's why the first ministry that I mentioned, that I talk about with God, when you want to serve God, when you want to use your life to carry out your ministry towards God, you can't do that except you love Him. Except you are connected. Except there is a deep connection in your heart. Except your heart is knitted with God. So, love is number one instrument of ministry. Of marriage ministry. Love We have to love beyond the physical. We have to love at the level of God. Marriage is not working because there are people who cannot love. They don't have the love capacity of God. And you cannot serve except you love. That's why Jesus said, can a man serve two masters? So, when you love money, you serve money. When you love God, you serve God. When you love your spouse, you serve your spouse. You serve the need of your spouse. It does not matter who your spouse is. You serve the need of that woman. You serve the need of that man. Why? Because love is the instrument of ministry love is the instrument of ministry number two very quickly is called labor Mm. very important another instrument of marriage ministry is labor now the first thing i mention is love if there is a reason why there is selfishness in high degree today in marriages is because people want to serve self so love is lacking love is lacking. So every time you focus on yourself, you want to serve yourself. You want to serve your need. You want to serve your satisfaction. You want to serve your pleasure. So you love yourself. You love yourself. But God is saying love. (laughs) So number two is labor. Let me read Numbers chapter 4 and verse 47 very quickly. Numbers chapter 4 and verse 47. I'd like to show something there. As we begin to close for today, Numbers chapter 4 and verse 47. The Bible says something there. It said, from 30 years old and above, even to 50 years old, everyone who came to do the work of service, of the work of bearing burdens in the tabernacle of meeting. So, there is no ministry without burden bearing. And that tells us something, very key, that is lacking in marriage. That's why marriage is not working. And this is the way it can work. Marriage requires two people who have come into oneness to bear the burden of one another. That's why Paul kept referring to something. He said, bear one another's burden. Bear one another's burden. So there is a burden bearing in marriage. When you want to escape the burden bearing of marriage, your marriage cannot work. And that's why you see marriage not working in our generation. Men don't know. Ladies don't know. We don't understand that there is no ministry except you are ready to labor. So when you see God, before the fall of man, God asked man to labor. There was a dignity in labor. God told man till the ground and cultivate it. So man did not see that as a punishment. Man saw that as a work. So marriage can only work as you work. If you don't work on your marriage, marriage cannot work. So marriage does not work by itself, except there are committed workers. So marriage is a coming together of two people into oneness, of commitment to work for the satisfaction of one another and for God all the days of their lives. So I must bear the burden of marriage. And I see a generation today that want to come into marriage without the readiness to bear burdens. A little burden like this, you want to escape? But you don't understand that ministry is about burden bearing. Ministry is work so marriage is work marriage is work let me tell this generation that marriage is work no lazy person in the spirit in art can make marriage work if you expect your spouse to make marriage work your marriage cannot work marriage is a combination is a a a combinement, if there is a word like that a oneness of two people who have come together have connected together at the deepest level and they are committed to labor so labor to ensure that the purpose of god for your spouse is fulfilled now let me say this if that is your labor when you labor for the purpose of God for your spouse to come to pass, then the purpose of God for your life cannot suffer. Number three, instrument of marriage ministry is called life. It's called life. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. It's called life. You see, where there is no life, there is going to be fainting. Where there is no life, there is going to be weariness. You need life to keep marriage alive. You need life to keep marriage alive. You see, marriage comes with a lot of challenges that you need a higher life. You need inflow of abundant life. You need a life greater than your life to keep you sustained. I don't know if you are getting that this morning, everybody. Your life cannot sustain that marriage. It takes a Zoe life. It takes the life of God. It takes the life of the one who started marriage in the first place for your marriage to be sustained. Those who enter or go ahead in marriage without the life of God, no matter how far they have gone, they will soon get tired. That's what the one I read yesterday, they, just, they said they celebrated seven anniversary, seven years anniversary in June. Some people have celebrated 25 when their life drained up. Some people celebrate 30. It is when they celebrate 30 years of being together that their life gets exhausted. So the only reason why you can have a marriage that will fulfill the purpose of God forever and that will bring fulfillment and satisfaction to you is that you don't run on your life. 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 So when you are single, let me talk to the single very quickly. When you are a single person and you are intending or you are saying the person that God has laid on your heart to marry, ask on what life is that person living? Is that person living on eternal life or that person is living on self life. you know eternal life <laughs> eternal life is God kind of life but that life also has an implication that is a forever life. It's not a life that can be cut short. it is not a life that is seasonal. So when your marriage is built or is supplied with eternal life it is above seasonal pains no matter the challenges. No matter the weaknesses of your spouse, there is a life in you to keep going. There is a life in you to keep going. So I see people coming into marriage today. I see people going on in marriage today with their own lives. So when they go with their own life, they don't go far. Very important. And lastly, as we close, lay no offense. That's number four. Lay no offense. Number four instrument of ministry, marriage ministry, is lay no offense. And that's number four principle of ministry. Anywhere. Lay no offense means you must not put a stumbling block between you and the one you serve. Lay no offense. Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 3. Lay no offense. Do you know how the marriage of Adam and Eve was actually wrecked, it was Eve who laid offense. And that's why As by God's grace next week, we are going to be going deeper. When you lay offense, offense of sin, or offense of stumbling, on the part of your spouse, it will fall you down. I usually say to my wife, if I make you sad, I can never be happy. And I wonder why many of us think We can be happy by making our spouses miserable. So you realize that when you lay an offense, that offense will pull you down. And that's why you must understand the principle of marriage ministry. Don't let money become an offense that you lay. Be careful. We have to be careful and say, Lord, nothing will become an offense in this marriage. Lay no offense. Lay no offense. Lay no offense. And number five, learn adjustment. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18. Learn adjustment. Learn adjustment. Our work with God, our ministry towards God requires adjustment. I studied the Lord. What does he require? What does he require from me? What is God asking from me? What is God saying about my life? What is God saying? How do I please him? What are his likes? What are his dislikes? Where am I getting it wrong with the Lord? I adjust. One of the things lacking in marriage today is this lack of adjustment. You know, seasons change in marriage. As you grow, when you enter into marriage, Probably before you begin to have children, there is a season. When you begin to have children, there is a season. You can't compare the time you were having your honeymoon and you were together. With the time now that children are very small, you are raising children, they are making noise, going everywhere. You can't compare. There may be some seasons in your marriage that things will be challenging. There may be some seasons in your marriage that your spouse may enter into some fault, into some hells. In this aspect of challenging seasons, one thing that we help is learning adjustment. Spiritual adjustment, psychological adjustment, emotional adjustment, spiritual adjustment. We cannot succeed in ministry except we learn the principle of adjustment. So, this Five things. A foundational instrument of ministry of marriage. Ministry of marriage. And I pray that what the Lord has shared with us today as a foundation we be of help in our lives. Don't forget as you go, you have dual ministry. Your first ministry is to satisfy the needs of the Lord. The Lord of your life, the Savior of your life, Who gave himself for you. If you don't satisfy his needs, your life cannot be in alignment. Your marriage cannot work. Satisfy his needs. Stop focusing first on your spouse. Start first focusing on how your life can meet the needs of the Father, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then two, start seeing how you are going to satisfy the need of your spouse, not you. If you can get to a point that you overcome a focus on satisfying yourself in life. Whether with God and in your marriage, then your life will begin to fulfill the great purpose of God for you. You will be satisfied yourself. You will be fulfilled. Everything about you will be in alignment. And the Lord is going to help you. I want us to just respond in the place of prayer. I want you to pray as we close right now, that the Lord will give you understanding, understanding of your ministry, understanding of your ministry towards him, that your life is meant to serve its purpose. Understanding of your ministry towards your spouse. Marriage is a ministry, a ministry is a place of service. And you are not to serve self, you are not to serve self. You are meant to serve God. That's your first primary reason for living. And you are meant to serve your spouse. You are meant to serve your spouse. I wanted to pray and talk to God and say, Lord, give me understanding in this. Give me understanding of this, oh God. And if you have understanding, ask God to give you the grace to live it out. It is something to to have intellectual knowledge about the truth. It's another thing to have a spiritual commitment in applying the truth to your life. I want you to pray and talk to the Lord. Lord, every truth you have taught me about my marriage, every truth you have taught me about my relationship with you, don't let them just remain on my head or in my heart. Let them be applied In my daily living. I present my life unto you. I will serve you with my life. That's the reason I'm living. And I ask, oh God, for grace, not to focus on myself in my marriage, not to focus on my own desire in my marriage, not to focus on my own personal needs in my marriage, but to focus on the need, on the satisfaction of a spouse, of a partner that you have given to me. I receive this grace, Lord. And we receive this grace for everyone listening, everyone watching. I pray that the Lord bless your marriage. I pray that the Lord uphold your marriage. I pray that the Lord strengthen your marriage. I pray that the spirit of the Lord that makes one to commit oneself to him rest upon you. May you understand that you live To minister to the Lord. May you understand that you live to minister to your spouse. So that both of you as one can fulfill the purpose of the Lord together. Receive that grace. And I speak over troubled marriages, troubled families. I speak over every single watching or listening. I ask that the Lord will prepare you. For a glorious ministry of marriage. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. Glory be to the name of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking your time to be part of this broadcast today. I'd like to invite you once again to ensure you go through this series that we have started today. All through this month, we are looking at the ministry of marriage. Next week, by the grace of God, I will be talking about the ministry of a husband. The ministry of a husband. The ministry of a husband. Being a husband is beyond a title. Being a husband is beyond just a masculine agenda. Being a husband is a ministry. You must understand how to carry out that ministry. If you don't understand that your your, your role as a husband is a ministry you will not be able to maximize it. That's why there are many husbands today who in the realm of the Spirit before the Lord, they are not husbands. Because your your title or your your office, don't let me use title because I don't like the word title. Your office in the realm of the Spirit is tied to your function. And that's what ministry is all about. If you are an apostle, You have to function as an apostle. If you are a pastor, what makes you a pastor is not a title. It's a function. So if you are called to be a husband, what makes you a husband is not a title. It's your function. So the ministry of a husband is what the Lord will be dealing with next week. And I know it's going to bless some lives. And your destiny will not remain the same. By 10 a.m. again, we're going to be on freedom service today. And I want you to join us uh, online. If you are around here uh, in Federal Austin in Lube, we are at Master's Lodge there where you can fellowship with us and be blessed. I wish you a very wonderful day, a wonderful week. And I say God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.